0: Hi there, this is Rev. Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. As Christians, you and I are empowered to proclaim the good news of Christ and to be bold in our faith. Truly, it's not always easy to be bold, but we do have the supreme example and the inspiration in Jesus himself who, as we're told in Mark's gospel, spoke and acted with authority. That's the subject of today's message, which is entitled, To Be Bold. It's based on Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, and starts out with some thoughts on recognizing authority in our own lives. It's interesting to me that as Mark tells it, the first reaction that people have to Jesus' teaching is that they were astounded because Jesus taught them as one having authority and not <laughs> as the scribes. Now, there's much that one can say about that, but first of all, friends, it's a reminder that whereas we might have a hard time defining what constitutes having authority, we certainly do know authority when we hear or see it. Now, I suspect that most of us can point to persons in our lives, a a parent, a family member, a teacher, a coach, a boss, or some other mentor, or even a friend. We can point to someone who acted in our midst as one having true authority. Someone that we understood, that we understood that when they said it, they meant it. Someone we just inherently knew in our heart of hearts we did not want to cross. By what, but while such authority might have come about by virtue of the office, as it were, it was authority clearly earned and much respected. Now I can name you. Several people in my life like that. For instance, you've all heard me here talking about one of my professors from seminary, Dr. Sixside. He taught Old Testament and Hebrew. And this was a man who inspired both awe and fear in his students, myself included. Trust me here, you dared not walk into his Hebrew class unprepared, And if you did so, you only did it once. But not only that, he had the respect and the admiration of all who were in his classroom. (laughs) Actually, Dr. was somewhat aware of how he was viewed by his students, and in truth, I think it rather amused him. In fact, it was often his habit at graduation as each student received their master's hood, to whisper in their ears in that rich Hungarian accent, you may now call me Stephen. But you know what? None of us ever did. None of us could. Now, some of my other professors I got to know on a first name basis over the years. But until the day he passed away and beyond, he was and shall always be Dr. Six-Eye. Such was the authority he held for us. Now, maybe for you, it was someone who was strict when you needed it, or who cut you some slack, even though you really didn't deserve it. Perhaps it was that one individual who encouraged you, inspired you, to do that which you didn't think you could ever do, and in the process helped you to be more than you ever dreamed possible. Or maybe it was someone who simply listened and validated you in a way that no one else ever did. The point is that whoever that person was or is, he or she holds a true and positive authority for you. And unless I miss my guess, I suspect that authority touched your life in a way that has lasted a lifetime. So, understand then that what the people heard that Sabbath day at the synagogue in Capernaum came from not just any rabbi. Truth be told, they were all too familiar with the pedantic teachings of the scribes who were at the temple. They knew right away that this man, this rabbi, he was different. The moment that Jesus opened his mouth, the true word of God just seemed to burst forth. And it was a word that was alive and vibrant and vital and immediate. When Jesus spoke, you were compelled to listen. And you hung on to his every word because you just had to know what he was going to say next. To quote Tim Keller, he didn't just clarify something that they already knew or simply interpret the scriptures in the way that the teachers of the law did. His listeners, wrote Keller, sensed somehow that he was explaining the story of their lives as the author, and it left them dumbfounded he spoke with authority and it was astonishing. And as our text for this morning goes on to say, that was just the beginning. For just as Jesus is teaching in the synagogue, a man barges in and he starts screaming, what have you got to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now Mark tells us quite specifically that this was a man with an unclean spirit, disruptive, hysterical, out of his head, likely possessed by some sort of demon. Some biblical scholars, by the way, maintain that this might well be a first-century depiction of severe mental illness. While others say that this man represents anything and everything that robs God's children of life. So we don't want to get too hung up on that, though, because however one chooses to view it, we're talking about a man and a spirit within that man that was, by its very nature, evil. The point is, is the man doesn't belong in the synagogue. And yet, he seems to know more about Jesus than any of them. The scribes, given their attention to order and correctness, would have likely tossed him out right there on the spot. Problem solved, according to them. But Jesus... Jesus silences and rebukes the spirit within the man and immediately he's healed. And of course, now the people are really amazed as the message renders it. They were incredulous, buzzing with curiosity, saying to one another, what is going on here? A new teaching that does what it says? He shuts up defiling demonic spirits and he sends them packing. Now, it's worth noting here that Mark does not tell us in the story what Jesus taught in the synagogue that way. Rather, the focus is on how he taught. And how he taught was with authority. Authority over the myriad unclean spirits that trouble people. Authority over what David Lowe's refers to as humanity's unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. Authority over our choices between life and death that abound in this and every age. Authority over good and evil. This was indeed the Holy One of God who was speaking, speaking the word of the one who is the word, And the very utterance of that word shatters the silence of our human weakness and inadequacy and calls out the evil forces that would subdue this world. Jesus speaks with authority. He acts with authority, for this authority comes from God. This is the good news of our faith this is the epiphany of light entering into our darkness. That Jesus, our Christ, comes with the authority of God to shatter the reign of evil in our lives and in our world. But you see, within that good news, friends, comes a challenge. That you and I, who are called to follow Jesus, are empowered to proclaim that good news, to speak and to act in Jesus' name, living faithfully and in utter defiance of what Harry Emerson Fosdick referred to in the hymn that began this service as the evils we deplore, to do what is good, to do what is right, and to act with the authority that comes to us from Jesus. In other words, friends, as the saying goes, we are truly on a mission from God, and that mission is no less than bold proclamation against the powers of evil. Now, even as I say that, I do realize what a huge thing that is to say. I mean, what a thing for a lowly preacher such as I to even suggest Bad enough, you might be thinking, that Lowry is giving this, us this mandate to change the world. Now, he's saying, we've got to change it from the inside out. And not only that, but also to do that with the same authority as that of Jesus. Yeah, right. I get it, friends. Especially in these difficult times. Following Jesus by quietly observing his teachings seems a much better alternative than taking the lead in the fight against evil. Kind of sounds like the job for a superhero, not just you or me. But the, the forces of selfishness and fear and violence have always been among us, not just in 2020 and 2021. And there have always been frenzied, unclean spirits disrupting God's intent for his creation. And following Jesus has always meant to be strengthened and empowered to speak with the same kind of authority with which he speaks and acts. For let us not be mistaken at all This world needs his authority. And let us also understand that speaking and acting from his authority is not about being perfect. It's not about having all the answers. It's about wisdom. The late Eugene Peterson, the theologian who is responsible for translating the message once wrote in a book of his that to be wise refers to having skill in living. It does not mean, primarily, he says, that the person knows all the right answers to things, but it is a person who has developed the right relationship to persons and to God. The wise, Peterson went on to say, understand how the world works. They know about patience and love, about listening and grace, adoration and beauty, and they know that other people are awesome creatures to be respected and befriended. Ah, I love that quote. But having repeated that quote, I have to confess here that, that one sad and tragic reality of these days is so often the wisdom and authority of Christians and the Christian church is rarely recognized much less assumed and the hard truth of it is is that you and I do carry some responsibility for that while we're fine with proclaiming our faith in the context of song and and prayer and fellowship out in the workaday world, it is all too tempting to speak and act as though our Christianity were some embarrassing little secret that we need to keep to ourselves. We are reluctant to speak with authority for fear it will offend. We try not to shake the apple cart of life in the world because we don't want to get into trouble. We speak our truth in measured tones, so not to be thought of as some kind of extremist or religious zealot. And we make the excuse that faith is meant to be a private thing and that we ought not to push it off on others, which is the most tragic thing of all. Because all around us, every day, are people who are hungry, for the word of hope and joy and peace and love that we've received and that we have been empowered to share. What a horrible thing it is that that we who call ourselves Christian have convinced ourselves that we cannot change the world. And if not the world, then at least to change a small part of it. But it doesn't need to be that way. Just imagine, writes Beverly Zink-Sawyer of Union Presbyterian Seminary, just imagine how we might change the world if we truly spoke and truly ministered as those whose authority comes from Jesus Christ. Imagine the dark corners of fear that would be brightened by the light of hope, the hungry bodies and spirits that would be nourished, The spirit of peace that would dwell in our hearts and homes if we but spoke with the authority of the gospel. We sell ourselves and Christ short when we are overwhelmed by the evil around us. One thing is for certain, beloved. There is a word of authority that needs to be spoken in this world. And in Jesus Christ, God is calling you and me to be bold about speaking it. I use that word very specifically, bold. At a former parish, you see, I, I had a parishioner. Her name was Kay Shepherd, for those of you who might remember her. Nearly every Sunday... Kay would seek me out to greet me before worship. So she could say to me the same thing every Sunday. Now you go out there, she would say. You go out there and be bold. I always appreciated that. But I will confess all these years later, I always kind of wondered about it. I mean, exactly what was she asking of me? Did she have a particular sermon topic in mind that I hadn't touched? Was she hoping that I would climb into the pulpit to give him hellfire and brimstone? Or at least something other than what I was planning to say that morning? Actually, you know what? Kay was an amazing lady, and the more I got to know her over the years, the more I came to understand that her furtive prayer for me was that I would listen for the truth of God's word for our lives, and then have the courage to be bold enough to speak it. It's a word of advice I've never forgotten. There are times that I think maybe I have been bold enough, and a lot of times that maybe I wasn't. But I've also discovered over the years, not only does this piece of advice apply to me as a pastor and preacher, but to each and every one of us who would carry the mantle of Christian. What is it that the Apostle Paul wrote? It comes from 2 Timothy, I believe. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self discipline. The question is this Will we be bold enough to bring God's good word into our lives and into our living? Will we be bold enough to speak with the authority that comes in knowing the word of hope? Will we be bold enough to let faith be the meter of our priorities, our decision-making, and the relationships we have with one another? Will we be bold enough to go face-to-face with the wide and varied evils of this world and speak as a witness to the truth of God's goodness. May we have the courage today, tomorrow, and always to speak with the authority of Jesus. And as we do, may our thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, To Be Bold. It was recorded as part of our January the 31st online service of worship at East Church, to which, by the way, you are always invited to join us live each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock by Facebook Live on our East Congregational Church Facebook page. In these continued days of pandemic, these services have proven to be the next best thing to being there, and we'd love it if you could be with us. And with that, we're at the end of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening today. I thank you also for your continued support of this podcast. And in that regard, I'd love to hear from you about this podcast or anything else on your mind. You can do that by pressing the message button on the podcast page online or by contacting me directly through the Love to Tell the Story Facebook page. Either way, I do hope you'll keep in touch. So until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.